Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for May 24th, 2020, the seventh Sunday of Easter. Uh, we are coming to you not live from Holy Family uh, Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana, and from still the the outreaches of the internet uh, yeah. uh, and and, and uh, practicing our remotism. Uh, but uh, uh, Sundays and podcasting, yes, <laughs> yeah, and most all the other and most of the time and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bruce, how you feeling this morning? How you doing? I'm good. I have been given a challenge. Ooh. by a friend um, who said that the only thing she misses really is restaurant-made pad thai. Ooh. And so one of my tasks this week, which no one should hold me to, is investigating <laughs> easy-to-do from a, a poorly equipped grocery store pad thai that is tasty. And if I can figure one out, I'll give her the recipe. Interesting. So, so uh um, a challenge extended. Is there a, a a certain protein base that you're going to go for for that pad thai dish? Or uh... well, it's, um, she's she, she likes chicken pad thai the best, and I have to admit mm-hmm. that's one of my favorites, tied with um, calamari. But yeah, I'll go with the chicken. It's a it's a, it's a good protein to to um, uh, not mess up when cooking. And that's that's right. Putting into a mixed <laughs> dish. Yes. Yeah, easy to, easier to tell when it's fully cooked so I don't kill anyone and all that good stuff. And I have a couple bags of chicken fillets frozen in the freezer, so I have that ingredient. Hey, there you and go. I just got to find the right recipe that I can do. There, <laughs> that's always the challenge for me. Uh, so maybe. welcome to Cooking with Bruce and Ben. <laughs> We're have the blind. You, uh, lead the blind. <laughs> Have you, have you considered uh, substituting your ginger for anything? No. Um, yeah. So uh, that sounds uh, wonderful and tasty, and I think I'm going to uh, think I'm going to try to get some of that for lunch. Uh, but <laughs> in the meantime, uh, let's graduate to our word of the day. Cool. Um, uh, and uh, the word of the day is orphrey. Uh, or at least that's how I'm told that it needs to be that said. You're pronouncing it correctly. Orphrey, okay. And I believe it's the decorated. Orphrey. It's the decorated band on a vestment, particularly a chasuble. Uh, chasuble, yes. Uh, so so it's a very nice short definition. Uh, but I found it kind of interesting. Uh, this this one. An ornamental band, as you said, of contrasting material yeah. on a vestment, uh, uh, which was the version I was familiar with. But they also say, or an altar hanging. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't realize that the, that word went for both vestment and altar hanging. I thought it was only on the vestment. So I thought that was kind of a an interesting addition. There's not too many O uh, words to choose from. <laughs> It's kind of scraping the bottom of the old barrel there. No, no but. sexy heresies going on, or it's just. Uh... <laughs> and of course, now I am having all sorts of ones run through my mind, but I won't go off on that tangent. I mean, um, look, ordained or open alms. I mean, what are, what are my choices here? I mean, come on. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and and. and Orfrey, off Orfrey? No, Orfrey? you had it right the first time. Orfrey, Orfrey. Okay, it's one of those words that you swallow and then you say it right. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just swallow it on down. I'll come out sounding <laughs> like you know Latin. <laughs> if you think you're saying it wrong, you're doing it right. Um, That's correct. <laughs> yep. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, so, so something of a uh, of a. Uh, some ornate uh, uh, contrasting material. One thing, yeah, that a lot I, of times they're velvet or with a lot of gold thread on them and crosses and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the the definition does go outside of um, not here on the website, but like a, a they're, they're, the definition does exist outside of the church um, uh, to to reference uh, rich or gold embroidery of any sort, but. Primarily, the word is uh, so uh, almost solely used in in religious context. Um, huh. I didn't know so, it was used in secular terms at all. So I learned not, something uh, from from my extensive uh, word <laughs> origination research. Uh, it doesn't look like uh, that 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 there's too much outside uh, that it kind of like uh, it originated within the church. Uh, and then was lightly applied outside of the church, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, but not widely used, which is one of the reasons why it's one of those words that you are like, oh, what does that mean? Um, yeah. Uh, because uh, it, it didn't, doesn't get very much widespread. So, um, so yeah, or free. So um, let's, uh, let's see if we can find some sort of uh, ornate uh, contrasting material in today's reading. Ha! Huh? Transitions. Um, <laughs> very nicely done. <laughs> um, so to, to, before we get into, uh, um, the readings though today, uh, uh, this, dur- this week, uh, we have Ascension, this is Ascension Sunday, uh, uh but we have, uh, the, the Ascension of the Lord, uh, this week. So this is, this is, uh, yeah, the, the feast day falls on Thursday. Yep. Uh, and this is the, the last, uh, the last two Sundays of the Easter season, this Sunday and, and, and next. Um, uh, so, uh, this is, this is the tail end of this season and, uh, and, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're getting to some, some of the good, some of the really, really good stuff, uh, uh story-wise. This is the, we're, we're, we're getting to our, our call of everyday lives, uh, uh, um, the, the meat and bones of it. Not that we don't get that on other Sundays too, but yeah. this, is, this is really, this is really like the, the pinnacle, like the, the. The, the the go forth uh, uh, kind of language that we right. that we get the, it's uh, the these sending. two Sundays yeah so uh, our first reading here is from Acts chapter one verse six uh, through fourteen so you'll notice that this whole season we've been reading from Acts but like later so we're we're doing an, uh, what what the uh, storytellers call an in medias res we started like in the middle uh, and then we went back to the to, to to the beginning to, to make all of it make sense, I guess, uh, is kind of how, how the season has been cu- carved up uh, liturgically. Um, well, and in this case, it's simply because we get a, t- a taste of ascension uh, a few days after the feast day, mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. the, the, since this is the Acts story of ascension. Yeah. Um, so that reads this way. So when they had come together, They asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
And when he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then he returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas son of James. All of these all these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. Um, so let's start at the beginning part of, of, of uh, the reading here. Um, another, another case where, like, another example of even after all that these men have seen, they're still not thinking of it correctly and saying like, Hey, uh, so now that you've conquered death, uh, when are you going to sit on the throne? Uh, when are we going to get a, when are we going to get a kingdom? When are we going to overthrow the Roman oppressors? How are we going to, how are we going to do this? Right now, now that you're look like a real superhero, get to work. Right. Uh, how are we going to overthrow this authority and, and, and uh, 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 what, what, what kind of subterfuge do we have going on? What's the battle plan? And uh, 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 you'll notice that, or at least I notice, uh, this is how it jumped out to me. Um, while he says it's not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, which on maybe first listening, you kind of hear like, uh, um, it's in the works, but no man will know the day or hour, you know, kind of very similar to like the second coming um, right. uh, language of like, no man will know the day or hour of, of, of his coming. It doesn't really, that's not, it's not an answer. It's saying you're asking the wrong question, or at least that's kind of how it mm-hmm. stands out to me. Like it's not, it's not saying like, Oh, there's an answer for that, but you know, it's not yet. And you won't know when it is. It's, his actual answer is like, that's kind of a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll politely ignore it by not answering it. <laughs> that's, none of your, that's none of your business is what, is what he basically says. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that kind of, that's really none of your business. Uh, uh, um, Again. Um, yeah. Still <laughs> not what I'm here to do. Um, not what which, you're here to do either. Which again, uh, when when you think of it contextually, it kind of makes it seem like you know. <laughs> I wonder if some of the disciples were like, he got he like told us like we asked a, kind of kind of implied we asked a dumb question and then he left us like uh, <laughs> did we did we well, scare I, him off? He's like, you know what? I'm done. I can't I can't help you guys anymore. I'm and out. In some way, and in some ways, it gets even worse if when you keep reading that. While they were watching, um, the two two men, but the two angels, stood right. by them and, you know, why are you looking up towards heaven? Right. <laughs> yeah, come on, dudes. You were just told what to do. <laughs> Go. Chop, chop. chop. Come on. <laughs> You'll be my witnesses <laughs> in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria. You need to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And they're, they're still like, what, what, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're still looking at the contrail, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and, and yeah, so it, like in, in, in my uh, uh, strange reenactment, uh, he, he's just kind of like, you know what, I'm done, I'm out. Uh, uh, angels, can you talk some sense into them? I've, I've got, I haven't, I haven't seen my father in a while. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I left something on the stove. Gotta go. <laughs> yeah, gotta go. Gotta go. Um, uh, so uh, it, it's it's certainly not the last time that um, uh, the disciples uh, say something uh, that I find funny, but uh, it is the last time they embarrass themselves in front of their Lord and Savior. <laughs> right. <laughs> in bodily form. Yeah. <laughs> in bodily form. Yes, that's right. Um, so, uh, but the, so, so again, just reinforcing the whole, the whole vision that I, that I view them through, this is like the, <laughs> this is their last interaction. And that's why I find it funny. It's like, yeah, I, I came to earth and even died on a cross and came back to life. And they, I, st- I, I can't, I can't get these people to understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's cool is we're walking right along yet again, walking right alongside these apostles mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. sadly Christianity has such a history of trying to restore the fortunes of Israel, though that gets transformed into the fortunes of Christendom right? and, you know, exploit native peoples to get their resources in the name of the gospel and on mm-hmm. and on and on uh, to trying to win political elections and democracies. And here's Jesus saying, no, that's not what it's about. Come right. on. And humanity <clears throat> keeps missing that message. We yeah, just get I, so tempted by secular power. And I, and I think I, I think I had mentioned this on last week's uh, uh, podcast, but uh, it, it bears reiterating, especially since you've, you've pointed out how it, that, that mistake has, it continues through history, even to this day. Um, in a way, the disciples get a pass. I mean, I, I, as much as I bag on them and, and make fun of them, um, um, I had mentioned, I think I had mentioned, uh, uh, recently that putting yourself in their shoes, how do you make sense of something that is so far beyond your comprehension? Yeah. And we've had, you know, millennia to ponder its meaning and to kind of decipher and to, uh, uh, grow. Interpreted and yeah. Right. And to grow as ourselves as, as, as humanity. Yeah. Uh, and and to understand more uh, of the nature of ourselves and and our environment, um, uh, it, that helps color this for us and make more sense as we go. Even even as extraordinary as it still is to this day, but for in the heat of the moment, what do you say if you have no your your brain cannot comprehend what you're experiencing? So, yeah, you're going back um, to your old reference point. Exactly. So this is, I mean, uh, really the the equivalent of young children uh, trying to tackle a very complicated subject, and they're just not going to get it right. They're, they're just not. We don't have as much of an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to, to totally back up what you're saying, I remember um, Kathy, my wife, doing youth ministry, coming home and saying that, she was, they were talking about the Ascension, uh, and the kids, and this was some years ago, so it was more current then, but the teenagers decided it was like, beam me up Scotty. 
that, mm -hmm. oh yeah, they, they could easily picture this because they had this visual fantasy of Star Trek that gave them a model for how people can be transported bodily beyond mm -hmm. your sight and beyond your realm even. Um, so they, that's, okay, yeah, that's, that's how that would work. Um, yeah. Which, again, you know, somewhere in heaven there's an angel or Jesus or someone doing a head slap. <laughs> it's like, right. No, it's not. Palm, palm to face. But, but we do have um, cultural touch points mm -hmm. that, of course, in some ways are informed by 2,000 years of living with this story that the apostles did not have. That, yeah, yeah, this was all totally, totally new, except for the story of Elijah and the chariot. And That's the chariot true. Of the, fire. The, the, the context was there uh, for some understanding. And this it certainly, um, again, upon reflection, I'm not entirely sure that in the heat of the moment, people would be like, it's like Elijah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even though but, we saw him on the Mount Transfiguration a few weeks ago. Yep. 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 <laughs> we'll forget it. <laughs> yep. You, it's one of those things that like is so vast and complicated. Even when, even if they did get to it, they uh, it, it, to to some understanding, it would have been much you know much more time later. Which again, I I theorize is one of the reasons why some of the gospel readings and some of the books are written so far after uh, the actual occurrence. It wasn't like a uh, a documentary going on it was like right. oh my gosh i need to write this down and try to remember and talk to other people who i think i remember was there and compare stories and kind of create uh, recreate this because now that i'm thinking about it and i've had some time there's you know some of this is starting to make more sense whereas before yeah. it was just flying over my head mm -hmm. um, so um now, on in real quick question on verse twelve, the mount called Olivet—that's the Mount of Olives. Yeah. Okay, so one and the same, and then. Well, no, actually, I take that back. It's a different yeah. one because it's the one that's a day's journey away. I should have read the rest of the verse. Oh, okay. And Mount of Olives is just on the outskirt. Well, the, um, it's, it's it's not a day's journey away. It's a Sabbath day's journey away. So does that mean like before? Okay, before I'm looking sunset? in the Greek. I'm looking at the Greek, and it is the Mount of Olives. So okay. they were okay. overlooking. Um, okay, in, I'm reading it, reading it here in my little research stuff, and in the Gospel of Luke, same author, it's he identifies the place of the Ascension as being on the edge of Bethany, which is a Sabbath day's journey away. It's a little bit farther than the. Mm -hmm side of the Mount of Olives that faces Jerusalem. It's on the far side of the hill. So, okay. okay. Now, I basically, I've just thought out loud over these few moments. <laughs> hey, Welcome I, that's to my right. brain. <laughs> that's all right. Um, uh, and out of curiosity, that would have been the high point. Would that have been the highest point in the region? Not in the whole region, but okay. highest point within a short walk of Jerusalem. Okay. Um, further... Further beyond, like a, a, a day, a hard day's walk, there there were higher and are higher mountains. Okay. Um, any? Do you have any insight as to the strange grouping of names here in chapter thirteen or verse thirteen? Yeah. Because okay, because they do. It just 
for listeners uh, uh, who zone out when I read the the, 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 the the reading, which I totally don't blame you for, um, uh, it's it they say it's not just like Peter, John, James, Andrew, and like a, a normal list. It's Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, and it, like there's individuals with ands, and then there's pairs. And then mm-hmm. uh, a couple of individuals, but I was kind of curious as to why they were grouped that way. Well, it's the eleven apostles that are left after Judas's um, death, right? Uh, the Judas other Judas, Iscariot. right? Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's identical to the list from the Gospel of Luke, um, which is not identical with other lists. Um, so, at least a couple of these ands were brothers. I'm not sure about Bartholomew and Matthew, why they're put okay. together. Uh, it may have just been literally a, a way of remind of remit um <laughs> i can't remember the word i'm trying to use which is securing <laughs> no, like a, your memory <laughs> like like kind of like a mnemonic device of yeah. like trying to okay gotcha yeah it may have given a pattern in particularly in aramaic of how how do we remember all 11 of these names okay da 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 and da 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 and da 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 yeah i got gotcha. you yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah. just a guess though i don't know like the same way we remember states, like uh, oh yeah, the song, like you know, Alabama, oh, that's gonna, yeah. you know, yeah. So yeah, okay. I have to go through the you. entire ABC alphabet to still, yeah, before I know which letter comes after which letter. Yeah, okay, um, and then um, an interesting, an interesting uh, end to this reading uh, there on verse fourteen, uh, um, constantly devoting themselves to prayer together, uh, but then like kind of. Again, the author kind of makes this this inclusion statement that mm-hmm. is worded in such a way that it's kind of it stands out as a little odd. Um, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. Um, um, what? 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 Uh, like they're they're he the, the author very easily could have said. Uh, uh, among others, uh, devoted and many others devoting themselves to prayer. Um, uh, obviously I understand the, the inclusion of Mary, the mother of Jesus makes sense, uh, indicating that the, they, they, they made, um, his earthly mother part of the team as it were, but like, you know, still surrounded themselves with, uh, with, uh, um, people who were important to them that they, uh, met along the way and specifically his, Jesus's mother. But, um, Together with certain women seems like odd wording. Uh, and then what about his brothers? Uh, um, it's not B with a capital B, uh, brothers. It's not like what's what's uh, what's going on there? Well, a couple things. One, in the um, Greek New Testament, you know, in, the, in the original Greek, it, it does not say certain women. It says with women. And I have mm. a feeling that was a little too scandalous for the English translators <laughs> back in the day. Right. Um, even though, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, gives the, the context. Right. Um, but part of what we see in the, go- in the Gospel of Luke is women being very important to Jesus' story. And they financially support Jesus and the apostles. Mm-hmm. Um, they are certainly present for the major events. 
and so it's not surprising at all that they are continuing in the story of Luke right. um, through the book of Acts. Uh, so there's there's that dimension. Yeah, these they're still here. The eleven apostles are still here. The women are still here, and Jesus's brothers are here, and that gives, in a sense, the cast of characters for the book of Acts mm-hmm. that will be added onto with Paul uh, once he converts. Well, even before he converts to Christianity. Um, and Matthias is added as an apostle and stuff. But in a sense, here's the base cast who's from season one, now that we're entering season <laughs> two. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's really more of a season three to four. Uh, yeah. I, I, would, <laughs> I think you're right, yeah. I would make the claim. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so so um, there are a couple of references uh, that, that are like this. And, and of course, you know, it, it has been more of a recent... Uh, topic of conversation through i think it was was the, the da vinci code right which was uh whether or not uh, jesus had uh, uh other siblings um mm-hmm. any any well, indication as to like is this like are, are these words that are uh originally in the uh, you know having other meaning or are these like uh you know familial relation words of when it says like as well as his brothers or well it in this particular greek word used could refer to um, a member, a fellow member of a religious community, but mm. that's not what this is really. This passage is really about, right? Um, but and if anything, that meaning developed after uh, this gospel is written down, as religious communities and Christianity began to form in. In the Gospels, there is not a sense of Mary's perpetual virginity. And Mm. instead, there is a very strong um, story, set of stories, about Jesus and his technically half-siblings, who do things like call him crazy in, in the negative sense. In Luke, they are actually following along with Jesus. And we know from written histories that James, the half brother of Jesus, was one of the early church leaders, and mm-hmm. very and very prominent in Jerusalem. Maybe the first bishop of Jerusalem. I'm not sure if they use that title or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not a misprint or something to say that these were the brothers of Jesus. Um, it is and it is significant that they are in fact part of this beginning to form community of followers of Jesus after the resurrection. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, And obviously it's significant that Mary still, Mary, the mother of Jesus is part of that community. Right. Um, Which would give it some, I don't want to say legitimacy uh, because that's not quite the right word, but there would be, there would be a certain amount of emphasis from uh, thinking about uh, the, the position of, of Mary, the mother of, of this man whom she watched get crucified. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's a, it would be entirely possible for, or, or understandable, I should say for uh, a mother in such a scenario to then never associate with these yeah. women again. You got uh, him killed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, you were the group that he spent all his time and energy with and it got him killed. Um, and you ran off. <laughs> 
yeah uh so um so so it does it does lend itself a, a little bit more of like and mary's it, it his mom's cool with it <laughs> hey guys yeah. his yeah. mom said yeah. it was okay <laughs> <laughs> come on over that's and right <laughs> so um but uh but yeah uh, uh, um I, I, going back to that uh um language uh, possible alteration um uh, uh regarding women and we're just man we were the worst uh <laughs> <laughs> well he the author wrote with women but uh we don't want to give them the impression that they're all invited so <laughs> right let's just say certain special women meeting a stringent uh, criteria like we're just the worst um <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <sighs> whatever uh uh so anyways uh i can't i can't uh berate uh people of the past and make myself feel better so let's uh let's move on um, good idea uh the second reading is from first peter uh uh and chapter four verse 12 through 14 uh and then five chapter five uh verses six through 11 so there's a little bit of a gap here um Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's suffering so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. If you are reviled for the name of, of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory, which is the spirit of God, is resting on you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves, keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in your faith, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you to be the power forever and ever. Amen. Um, so I suppose first things first, there's a decent gap here between the middle part of four and the beginning part of five. What did the lectionary authors uh, um subtract from from this reading basically a passage in which the author says don't think basically brags a little bit <laughs> okay um and talks about his own credentials to for saying these difficult words and, gotcha and that everyone else should feel themselves um should not brag about the sufferings they're undergoing. So it's a, a continuation of what's said before and after, but with the particular piece that many apostle or many epistle writers say of, and I'm better than you, so I can say this. It's <laughs> <laughs> a shame we cut it out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Would've I mean, I think it's mostly just because of length. And that makes sense. That makes sense. Although, you know, it, it does kind of, I am struck a little bit about the, there, there's you can tell that there's a gap even by reading it uh, because there's a tonal shift in uh, the way the way it's written. So like the first part, the first three verses are um, 
kind of like a letter or 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 like a speech or something yeah. directed to a group of people. Um, and then the uh, chapter five verses um, are a prayer almost, uh, or not almost, uh, it's a prayer. So uh, you, you can kind of read into it like that there is a, a little bit of a gap because it, it, you can kind of see where the author must have shifted a little bit in between. Um, yeah, basically from from chapter 4, verse 12, through um, chapter 5 to verse 12, it's a repetition of what the, mm-hmm. the letter's been. It's a summary. And because chapter t- or verse 12 in chapter 4 begins with Beloved, mm-hmm. um, it he's very much echoing what he had written a few at the very beginning of the letter. That beloved is like the greeting, and some people go, oh, oh, what? Okay, we got to pay attention again. Mm-hmm. And so then he summarizes what's what the letter was about, and then with the be- beginning of um, verse 6 in chapter 5, he starts the benediction, essentially. The, right. I'll be praying oh, for way. you. And, that's a good yeah. way to put it, yeah. Um, giving direction, and, and yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, and then there's just um, two more verses after that, and the book and the, the letter's done. After what our are, reading this morning, what are the uh, two verses? Since uh, since it, we don't go back to First Peter for a long while, yeah. let's let's hear the ending. Okay, through Savanius, whom I consider a faithful brother, I've written this short letter to to encourage you and to testify that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. Your sister church in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you greetings. And so does my son, Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. I like it. And, so, and some, some translations um, say amen at the end of that as well. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, does, it, de- it definitely does read as a uh, P.S. Yeah. <laughs> or or uh, this, this letter is dedicated to <laughs> in loving memory of... Um, but yeah, it... it uh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. So, if if uh, compared back to back, I think it was last week's reading is very is very um, similar uh, from First Peter, which is very consistent with the author, right? Repeating it in different ways, using different words, or, or mm-hmm. slightly different approaches as far as uh, as how it's written. Um, but and if what... I rem- remember, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say if I remember correctly from last week. Um, this letter was written in a time where uh, persecution was really ramping up, and so right. this is like the 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 kind of encouragement to uh, uh, not don't don't deny um, your don't d- deny your your relationship with God. Stay steadfast in it, uh, and even if you're tested uh, in this, it's better. I think it was last week, so it was, it's better to be. Um, it's better to be persecuted for these reasons, uh, for, for good reasons than for, for receiving, mm-hmm. uh, um, this kind of negative attention because you've done something wrong. And, and it's like the author is repeating, like, you're not doing anything wrong. Uh, it's just, uh, um, it's just something that we suffer for and, and we're better for it. Um, and giving them words of encouragement along those lines for, yeah, because, because some of them were going to be persecuted for it. Right. And that's reiterated for us, um, holders of the of the 
current slash final Bible in the verses that weren't included in the reading, but I just read, where um, it says in verse 13, your sister church in Babylon, and that may have struck some people as, wait, Babylon didn't exist anymore. That was the name that the author of this letter used for Rome. It was a uh, okay. kind of a dope slap <laughs> of mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the, the beast that should not be named, but I'll give it the most insulting nickname possible. And gotcha. that may remind us of the book of Revelation where that terminology mm. for Rome is used over and over. Uh, right. So, it was, and since this letter is written a little bit earlier, but not a lot earlier than the book of Revelation, which is probably the youngest writing in the New Testament, uh, it's, it's interesting to see the theological slash symbolic growth of um, early Christianity. And here's one of them, just that term. You're seeing that little term in this little letter, it's like, oh, yeah, that connects it then with the book of Revelation by a completely different author from a different part of the Mediterranean world. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, maybe um, it's nerdy, but I think it's interesting. <laughs> I No, I think it's interesting as well. Good. Um, uh, the, we don't get too many references to uh, uh, the devil in the Bible, uh, and yet we get one here in in First Peter. I, I say too many, but I mean, really, if you think about the number of stories yeah. where Satan, they're much the more popular. <laughs> he gets a lot more press yeah. in popular literature through the centuries. Exactly. There's there's really only a small handful of references. Uh, yeah. But but he comes up here in First Peter. Is this one of those? Because because I know that we've had. Um, references in uh, specifically gospel readings, usually the New Testament readings, where later translators have kind of uh, altered the words to reference uh, hell or you know uh, the the adversary uh, and and kind of uh, make it a little bit more ref referential towards uh, the concept of the devil. Is this one of those, or is this like one of those uh, outright? Yeah, no, that's that's kind of what he's. He, Do you remember which verse that's in? Uh, it's in verse eight. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. Let me look at that for a moment. Yeah, there I you are. I think we had one a couple of weeks ago where the word adversary was capitalized. Um, right. If I'm remembering correctly. And. Because it would also make sense I, it's, for in this the adversary case, to be. It's a, symbol of the, um, the inner struggle that a Christian experiences to whether to do to do good or to take the easy road um, mm. and I'm just now I'm flipping to my Greek to see where we are um Just always fascinated by those small additions and subtractions that oh, yeah. translators that's, do over the years. That's a big part of the fun. Um, mm -hmm. Now my brain's exploding because so I'm trying to read English and Greek at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, well, to, some, some Latin flows in occasionally. <laughs> there you go. 
well to to to, to fill that uh, uh, that void while you while you <laughs> research, uh, uh, it, it could make sense for uh, um, as you were kind of saying, like an internal struggle. The previous verse talks about casting all your anxiety onto God. Yeah, uh, um, and um, um, that is also how anxiety works. Uh, uh, it prowls around looking for someone to devour. If anyone's ever had an anxiety attack, uh, um, that's yeah. pretty. That, that's a pretty decent <laughs> description uh, uh, as to what that feels like. It feels like being eaten alive uh, uh, in a way, or at least it did uh, a couple of times that I've. Uh, had the joy of that experience. Um, uh, so it, it would, it could make sense that those, those references are, are also um, um, speaking to each other. Yeah. Huh. You know, I gotta say, cause I'm not, I'm again, I'm trying to do quick sc scan here. Um, <laughs> A quick scan I'm, of 2000 years of research. Come on, Bruce. Let's go. In Greek, yeah. <laughs> in Greek. And I'm not seeing the term devil. So it, it very well may have been another term used. Mm. That for the sake of shorthand or, you know, what people, translators thought people would easily grasp, they shifted it around. Right, right, right. Or, or, they, or they added it in there and like, yeah. this word means this. <laughs> Just this will make more sense to people, right? 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 Um, but the, anyways, that it's it's a the the background for the reason of the book of First Peter uh, makes all the words uh, that are said in it uh, very interesting uh, um, because I know that oftentimes we we you know as as is expected you read these uh, passages or these books of the bible through the lens of your personal experience and your personal life uh and and um and for the majority vast majority of us thank god our 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 um, situation is not where these people the recipients of this original recipients of this letter uh were i mean our 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 situation is not uh, as dire as theirs probably was, um, and so um, taking that into context um, kind of is is in my mind a little bit more uh, preparatory. Should uh, we we ever experience that kind of adversity, but also kind of in the in the in the smaller things, and gives me courage to like okay, compared to the recipients of First Peter. Uh, um, this is a small problem. I can, right. if they could tackle that, I can tackle this. Uh, and even with some of the same language. Uh, but, uh, but knowing that uh, I can have a fraction of the, uh, of the faith that, uh, that they were called to have. Uh, so it's a, it's a very interesting book, when, especially when put into context. Well, and I can now say, because I was not going to let this go, that I found it. <laughs> and Ben, once again, you are completely right. It is the term adversary rather than the term Satan. Ah. So, so a later edition. Yeah. Interesting. An interpretation by one of the translators at some point said, oh, this has got to be Satan. And it it doesn't. <laughs> you know, that, that's our interpretation of the Greek. The Greek is just an adversary 
Um, mm-hmm. And technically, the the secular term at that time would have been an opponent in a court of law. So it's a very mm. civilized, um, almost a debate opponent, rather than a, a criminal or someone who plays outside the rules or. Um, That's interesting because the isn't it though the the imagery of that sentence though is one of mystery whereas like a, a legal adversary you you, you kind of know who it is that you're fighting the imagery of like a roaring lion prowling around looking for someone to devour i mean it, you know it you don't the lion doesn't just like stand up and look at you and like i'm going to eat you like it's you'll hear you you hear the noise and you aren't sure where it's coming from that's how lions hunt and that's that's why i think like the uh the concept of it being an adversary, it's nameless and unknown, and you don't know really where it is, or or, or you can't put a, a title on it, which is kind of kind of interesting imagery to me. Uh, well, but if you're saying like the word adversary is a legal adversary, it's kind of like, oh, well, it's that guy. <laughs> yeah, but and there's also the dimension of a lion then and now being a symbol of political authority. And so mm. this this could be another that, reference to I didn't Rome. Even think of that. Yeah. To the Romans. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All right. I, I we've got to go on, or yeah. I, will, I will I will do a deep dive, and it'll be two hours long. Um, right. That is fascinating stuff. Um, our uh, is this our last reading of John? Uh, do we go back to uh, another gospel next week? I can't remember. My computer's acting up, so I can't see it. Um, but I, if if not, it, it, it this is this is at least one of the last uh, readings of John before we make a switch here. Um, and it's the tail getting closer to the tail end of the book. Um, or this is the tail end of the book, isn't it? No, it's it's still before Jesus was arrested. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. So it's, um, it's still it's it's a long evening, and we've had this is now the third week we've had it, uh, where Jesus um, is giving his farewell address to his uh, pe- yep. to the people gathered last supper. We're not sure exactly who was right. there, but his closest followers. Uh, it's uh, chapter seventeen, verse one through eleven. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, "Father." The hour has come. Glorify your son so that the son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorify you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them. And they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf, I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, 
and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. Um, quick callback that uh, it, it was last week, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or maybe the past two weeks has kind of been like a, a running um, um, a portion of John where mm-hmm. Jesus is introducing this concept of um, um, uh, duality and singular, while still being a singularity of, of God and, and him and uh, the, the Holy uh, uh, Spirit and kind of intertwining those concepts right. and drawing those strings together and pulling them tight um, and uh, um, speaking to the disciples or, the, or at least those gathered uh, in such a way to, to, to kind of say like the, the, the power that I, that you have seen here is not mine of me, uh, mine alone, but it's given to me by the, by the father and I am him and he is me. And you, and so there's a lot of this handing off, back and forth uh, between power, responsibility, and people, um, and and kind of, uh, but it does feel kind of like a baton uh, handoff yeah. of like, all right, you know, you know what I've been called to do, uh, Father, and I'm off to do it. Uh, here are the reins, <laughs> right? And uh, uh, it's your it's it's your turn to to go forward, and uh, I'm off to complete my task. Yep. And at the at the end of chapter seventeen is when he's arrested. So this really is his closing words to the um, closest followers. Yeah, yeah. He's he's and I wonder, the reins. I wonder how I wonder how quickly uh, that happened um, between like the end of his speech and then like the officers come in. And well, it in, would be like the. Did the disciples go like, wow, that was, the timing on that was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite that bang, bang. Um, Ah, it's too bad. (laughs) Yeah. They, um, instead, they cross the kindred, they take a walk um, Mm -hmm. to the um, um, base of the Mount of Olives where he's arrested. Mm -hmm. Okay. In the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, Though in John, it doesn't specifically call it that, but that's what it's called in the Synoptic Gospels. Gotcha. Okay. Now, uh, there is some language in here in his in his speech, uh, or in his prayer, I should say, um, that um, it's kind of interesting, and I'm wondering if it's like a, tra- a translational thing, um, but the there's a lot of wording that do effectively like carve out a group of people um, as special and um, and like for example that you know uh, um, they're part of the world what was it uh, I'm not asking on behalf of the world but on behalf of those whom you gave me because they are yours but then later they say he says like as I'm no longer in the world they're in the world. Um, but so there's, there's this language that's going on that is very much like you've, um, you've put me here to carry out this, this task and for, for all the world, but then we kind of carve out this group of people 
as 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 special. So what with all this intertwining of um, uh, God uh, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the language intertwining those and making them one, uh, and uh, some language talking about all the world. Uh, there's still then this kind of carve out exception language in his prayer, uh, and I was kind of curious as to why. Um, it, it kind of almost implies like I've been sent here to do this for this specific group of people, not really for uh, the whole world. Or, or is that just me reading it wrong? No, no, um, that's one of the great arguments since this story started to be shared. Is mm-hmm. does this mean those folks in the room are better than anyone else? Um, that and. To, to cut to the chase, this is the youngest of the Gospels. The mm-hmm. Roman oppression had started by the time this Gospel was written down. The Temple in Jerusalem had been destroyed, so um, people really were beginning to scatter. The Jews, which included Christians, and Christians included Jews, were scattering. And so the mm-hmm. church was becoming an institution to survive this that mm. local leaders were being formed um, and how that exactly that happened, we don't really know too well. But in some ways that justifies having local leaders um, that not just anyone gets to say, Jesus told me this um, and therefore we should do it you know, 60 years after or more after Jesus died and was resurrected. So it's, you can see the theology behind the formation of institutional leadership. But also, it put, it is also an explanation of the responsibility of every Christian to be Jesus in the world because Jesus Mm -hmm. has left. And it counters the theology that's somewhat in the older Gospels that Jesus is coming back really, really soon. That gotcha. made some Christians be part of the school of, hey, okay, I, I got baptized and I'm living an honest life, so I'm good. And Jesus right. will be here before I die, so I'm really good. And this, this gospel reading really takes us to modern times of, yeah, Jesus is not coming back soon, and therefore we all carry the responsibility of being Christ in the world. Mm. And Christ is in us, mm. so we can do it. So it is, so it, it, interesting. So, so in a way it is, it, it is, uh, it is exclusionary because uh, the author probably would have had some, some um, desire to uh, make the, the, that specific group of people feel more important and more empowered. Uh, because of well, actually, more responsible. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so and it's remember so all these driving all home these the people, point that it's up to them. Yeah, and all these people will probably will end up killed. Yeah. That's so true. they, that's you know, good point. It's, it's almost like, uh, can we pass on this? <laughs> right, but no, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, and certainly the Romans would have publicized if any of them had chickened out and renounced Jesus mm. and. You know that doesn't isn't recorded anywhere in Roman history, so it's it's safe to say that all the people who are hearing this end up being willing to die for Jesus, die for God, and 
that's one of the reasons why Jesus was giving them these words, is they were going to need every piece of their relationship with God to be as strong as possible to get through what they were going to have to go through. Hmm. Yeah, that makes that makes some uh, that makes sense here. Um, anything more about John? I mean, the the let's face it, the main story is is the ascension. I mean, that's the uh, that's our that's our call to action. That's uh, that's the extraordinary event of the of, of the week. Is there yeah. anything else hidden here in John? Is there is there anything? Well, it's that, another else another one of these passages we could go on for hours and hours. Um, yeah, but part of it is to I think for each person today to seek out the words of comfort within it. That whichever phrase or verse strikes you, embrace it because they're. There are lots of ways in which the different verses in John 17 give us comfort and are designed to do that as long as we walk this earth. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a, definitely a call to action Sunday. Um, empowered, uh, feel empowered, but, uh, but, but a call to action and to, to... And you're not alone. Go forth. None of us are. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, then with that, I think I will wrap up uh, this uh-huh. our podcast for May twenty fourth, twenty twenty. We look. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we look forward to worshiping with you, hopefully online at, uh, at HFEC videos on YouTube. Uh, links to uh, the different worship services are also at hfec.org. Um, and uh, we look forward to uh, worshiping with you. Uh, in that manner, as long as we are are, are forced to, and then <laughs> we look forward to uh, uh, seeing you in person at some point in time, uh, whenever it's safe. It, uh, whenever it's safe, and uh, and uh, if you have any questions in the meantime, or want to want to email us, feel free to email us at shortcut at hfec.org. Uh, but uh, uh, hope you have a great week. And in the meantime, I'm Ben, and I'm Bruce, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.